Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Vernomatic Productions. This is David Ellison, and you're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC with John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Walt. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and direct from New Jersey. Metal Waltz. Good evening, everybody. As always, new content drops on a weekly basis. Tonight's episode, we're joined by Dave Jr. Ellison, formerly of Megadeth and countless other acts in his career. Dave's in Southern California right now in advance of this weekend's NAM convention. It's the big trader show that all the uh, guitar companies and music industry insiders attend. Dave's there to promote his uh, coffee line and also the tr- release the trailer for the forthcoming Nick Menza documentary, This Was My Life. He also talks about uh, one of his bands, Kings of Thrash. They're performing there. The Metal Jam and Metal Hall of Fame gala is going on this weekend, as well as a reunion of the Metal Legion's 10th anniversary. There's a Ronnie Montrose concert there, remembering Ronnie, and just tons of cool stuff. So in this interview, we talk old school Rochester connections, Megadeth and Dave at the House of Guitars and Lakeshore Records, as well as historic gigs he's played around the globe during his 40 years. Great interview. Before we get to that, though, remind you, get up to MetalMayhemROC.com. Join our community by signing up for the newsletter. That way we give you alerts on new podcasts, new YouTube videos on our YouTube channel, alerts for our live radio show on Monday night. So it's everything you need all in one email. Uh, recent episodes last week, we had Damon Damian Kalati, filmmaker of the new Riot documentary, Immortal Soul. And at the beginning of the year, we had both Biff and Nigel from Saxon talking about the new album and the new tour. So again, get up to MetalMayhemROC.com and subscribe to the newsletter. All right, that's about it. Let's get into this. Metal lifer Dave Ellison. For my co-host, Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Well, 
Uh, we welcome to the show today a veteran of over 40 years on the rock and roll and metal landscape. He's currently gearing up for a busy-ass weekend out in California at this year's NAM show. It's an honor. Let's welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC, Dave Ellison. How you guys doing? Yeah, I'm in California. I got over here yesterday, and um, first first thing of the day was talking with y'all, a bunch of press and rehearsals, and then on into the to the advertised week. That's <laughs> a busy, busy week. Well, I can guarantee um, we're going to stand out in your day of press. I'd like to introduce you to my partner, Metal Walt from East Hanover, New Jersey. What's up, Metal Walt? How are you, buddy? Hey, what's up, Dave? How you doing, buddy? We're about as far away as possible from New Jersey to California. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the ocean, right? Across coast to coast, man. You know, when I first moved here in 83, I only heard about you guys, and mostly from like Metal Maria, Maria Ferraro, who now is such a wonderful publicity firm. But at the time, she was, you know, friends of the community, the old bridge militia, you know, Johnny Z. Yep. Metallica was just getting signed to Megaforce and soon Anthrax. So, um, yeah, I only heard about you people from New Jersey. Now I've actually met you. So we are we are good. We are lifeblood metalheads. I am located in the heart of all of that. Nice. You know, the Old nice. Bridge Metal Militia, WSOU. You remember WSOU, course, the Great Collegiate? I think I just St- talked to them recently. I actually heard something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The stalwarts of the metal community. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're still going. Seen Hall Radio. To them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm up here in Rochester. I'm a little closer to Walt than you, but you know what? You have some heavy metal <laughs> roots here, and let's go back down that heavy metal memory lane. I went Dude. in the ar- I went in the archives and I dug up some snapshots from you. 1986. We're uh, at the Lakeshore Record Exchange. You're in town opening up for King Diamond. Um, you remember this day, Dave? Dude, absolutely. In fact, thank you for it, because I, I remember the motorhome. Of course, I remember the shirts and the beers and everything else. I was wondering where that bottom right-hand corner was taken, so that's there. So, hey, so I have a funny story. So, you know, I became friends with the Goo Goo Doll guys, right, yep. who started in Rochester, kind of like as a little punk band before they, you know, had their big mainstream, you know, music career. So, um, John Resnick and Robbie, the bass player, they told me they were at that show, and they were so thrilled because they got to run the spotlight for King Diamond. At, <laughs> at, is it the Penny Arcade, right? Penny Arcade, yep. Yeah. And they were like, he's like, dude, we couldn't believe it. We got to run the spotlight for King Diamond. They were like, just fanboy it out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you never know where these threads from all these different parts of the music community <laughs> all come back to things just like that photo you showed right there, Megadeth and King Diamond. Yeah, it was the summer of 1986. I remember that day was hot as hell. Uh, that in-store was at the old Lakeshore Record Exchange. Ron and Jackie Stein, um, yeah. very instrumental in the Rochester metal scene. And you guys, uh, you opened for King Diamond. It was right at the beginning of the P-Cells tour. You know, was it Killing Is My Business <laughs> or was it like the first or second date of P-Cells? Yeah, no, no. So I'll give you the, so we had signed, we actually made P-Cells for, or for Combat Records and then, um, the majors jumped in Capitol records, won the bidding war. So we, we went with Capitol. and, um, while they were setting the record up, manufacturing it, doing all the, you know, the publicity and everything for it. Um, we, uh, went out on the King diamond tour and King had just gone solo, uh, for merciful fate. And of course it was a good move for him because he had great success with that. And then, you know, to come back 
what, just a couple of years ago. We're now Merciful Fate's huge again, you know? Yeah. So, well, I shouldn't say again, huge, maybe for the first time, right? So, um, you know, so, um, but yeah, that and Mickey D was the drummer. Um, yep. Andy LaRock uh, was, and I think still is, King's guitar player. Um, so yeah, super fun tour. Uh, Lean and Mean, Motel 6s, you know, a lot of Denny's, this kind of stuff, you know, but, uh, <laughs> and then after that, we went out with Motorhead for a couple shows and we, did some more headlining and then, but turned the corner into 1987. And then that was when Alice Cooper took us out and we started doing the arenas and, you know, doing that bigger stuff. So, but um, yeah, that, that summer tour, that summer of 86 with King was awesome, man. That was a fun time. Before, before I send it over to Walt and we talk about 2024, just a quick snapshot, your um, remembrance of the house of guitars. Cause in that other picture, you signed the back wall. Yes. We, in fact, we just posted that picture on my, we do these throwback Thursdays, right? Hashtag TBT, you know, on uh, my socials. So we have fun when people send pictures over, we discover things, go, oh my God, this is perfect for a TBT, you know? So we actually just posted that picture and got incredible comments, of course, because, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, live near you, have been mm -hmm. through there, uh, you know, House of Guitars. I actually did a clinic there for Jackson Guitars recently maybe five years ago or something right and the place hasn't changed i mean i don't think no. they vacuumed the carpet they haven't nope. moved same sure pa systems i mean <laughs> everything is still exactly as it was back when we signed that wall in 1986 you could probably go in the back and still rifle through the magazines and find an old kerrang guarantee yeah. you're spot on i'll you probably find those budweiser's that we had are still in the trash. <laughs> i'll tell you what oh, no. after this i you're will email you all those pictures so you can have them for your archives all right that's that thank you man i appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. that that's cool that's a great that's a great uh throwback monday right there that's a yeah. good one well done so, Dave, you got a busy week coming up. Um, it, uh, you got a lot going on, so we want to give you the chance to to talk about everything. I mean, everything's centered around Nam, of yeah. course, but uh, I think more importantly, you got some. You're going to be performing, I think, in some performance in one or another every day this week, except today. So, take us through your week with terms of the performances coming sure. up. Well, tomorrow night, uh, we got asked to go back to the Ultimate Jam Night at the Whiskey, <clears throat> and that's really where Kings of Thrash started. Um, in uh april of 2022 so just like two years ago uh we did they did a tribute to the big four jeff young called me said hey you want to fly out and we'll jump up as surprise guests and play a couple of songs which we did and and chaz was our singer chaz leon so that's how we knew like this guy's great so you know just we kind of kicked this i'd had this idea to go out and play you know early records especially killing is my business you know because that <laughs> was doing these horror conventions you know, I'll buy you um, um, Thriller or uh, Chiller, rather. The, yeah, the, the Chiller Festival, yep, in Parsippany. <laughs> Excuse me, yep. And um, and uh, it's fucking raining out, so I'm shaking off the California crud here. <laughs> so pardon my, pardon my <laughs> sneezing and coughing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so as I was doing that, I'm signing all these Killing Is My Business records. <laughs> and I always wanted to go play that record, you know, just top to bottom. It'll take a total of about 32, 32 minutes. It's not very long. <laughs> and um, so... I had called Chris Poland back in 2021 after I was a chiller and he was, you know, down for it in some way, but me and Jeff playing at the ultimate jam, um, you know, just a few months later there in 2022 made that all come together. So we called it Kings of Thrash. So we're going back to, um, you know, the origin story, Tuesday nights, ultimate jam at the whiskey. And of course the whiskey's kind of become our, 
our de facto home. You know, we did our the you know best of the West live at the Whiskey Go Go uh, double album uh, DVD there. So. Um, you know, and it was just funny because when I first met Dave and we were starting Megadeth, he said, he goes, we're never playing any of the clubs in LA. And I was like, oh man, all my rock star dreams, you know, playing the whiskey and all these things famous played shattered, you know, so, which was right. We did the right thing, debuting Megadeth up in the Bay Area. But, you know, so it's funny that all these years, you know, 40 years later, I'm finally getting to play the whiskey. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, but, but yeah, so that's the start of it. Then metal, the, uh, metal hall of fame gala, um, is Wednesday night down at the Delta hotel in, uh, Anaheim Kings of Thrash should be playing there. Um, I got asked to do an induction there for somebody to just sort of do the introduction. So that, that's a, that's a certainly an honor. I was inducted first. I inducted the, uh, Nick Menza posthumously then i then i was inducted chris poland's been inducted so you know it's a it's a it's a cool community and it's great now that that thing's getting some really good visibility you know with uh, and it's we cool because penelope spheris is there of course she did oh yeah you know natalie wings world which i saw a gazillion times um but also she did the decline of western civilization she did not only the in my darkest hour video but she also did a um we did a remake of These Boots Are Make, Made For Walking, a remake of our remake uh, that she put into one of her movies called Dudes. Um, that would have been 87, I think, that she did that. And then in, then later that year, we did Decline of Western Civilization for her. So we had a long history with Penelope. Oh, and she did No More Mr. Nice Guy video. So we had a we had a long history there from kind of about 80, 87 through 89 with her. So it'll be good, great to reconnect with her and... and um, so that's that. Then Thursday night, Metal Allegiance, Dieth uh, is actually here as well. We're going to play a, a quick little direct support set to, you know, first U.S. show for Dieth. And then uh, the onslaught of Metal Allegiance. And then Friday night, I'm going to jump up and jam some tunes for the Ronnie Montrose Remembered show. Um, Jimmy DeGrasso called me in 2007. So I went out and played for about two years. I, me and Jimmy were the rhythm section for Roddy Montrose, which was super fun gig, really, really fun songs. And so, yeah, so it's kind of my whole, my whole musical history in like five shows snapshotted this week. During him. <laughs> Pat Casaldo has done a hell of a job at that metal hall of fame. It's nice that he's um, coinciding with the NAM. It took all these years to find a nice, um, you know, partnership if you will indirect partnership yeah, and, I think, and i think it's great that, that he's got eddie trunk hosting it you know he's hosted it all these years of course eddie was very vocal about the rock and roll hall of fame not yeah. being so rock and roll and of course i think now he's maybe sits on the board or he's a voting member now so he's you know even he's spoken out that they've they at least made some improvements in the right direction so you know and eddie's a great ambassador for for our team you know what i mean so uh so no, it's I think it's 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 great, it, and it's nice that we have one of those, you know, something that speaks very specifically. Because like a lot of people, um, as big as they are as icons in in metal, you know, they're never going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame of something of that of, of whatever that that size is. So, you know, um, to have a you know our community support its own, I think is huge. You know, I'm glad to be in it. I think it's cool. Dave, a little useless piece of information, but the Metal Hall of Fame had a Winnebago, a really extended long Winnebago, and that was parked through the whole two-year period of COVID at a ShopRite parking lot about five minutes from my house. <laughs> Wait, so this is from the Metal Hall of Fame? 
Yeah, yeah, I know that one. I actually saw a picture of it. Yeah, I know, I know that one that he has. <laughs> so that was Park Bike. Did you go over and like hang out? Maybe. Yeah, well, I, w- I went over there every time I would go to Shoprite. I would pass by and open to see somebody, yeah. and I would just take photos of it. But then there was nobody around because it was COVID. So <laughs> it just felt good because it was five minutes remote. I'm like, ah, and this nothing's more cool, sad you know? than seeing a motorhome or a tour bus just sitting on the side of the road, empty, vacant, not in use. You know, and it's gone. It's been. It's it's since it's probably moved out to better places now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, hopefully uh, it's on the road somewhere. <laughs> exactly. So, so, hey, Dave, about the Metal Allegiance shows and even, let's say, the Ronnie Montrose, like, so the Metal Allegiance, this is a 10th anniversary gig, right? So you got a bunch of, like, who's going to show up aside from the core band? Well, we've got a handful of guests. Troy Sanders from Mastodon. <clears throat> this would be Chris Poland's first uh, time on stage with us, um, which I'm glad about because, you know, I get asked to be part of a lot of jams. And then always when I'm there, I'm like, why are we not playing a Megadeth song? Like, Megadeth's like, we became one of the biggest, certainly metal bands in the world, right? And we play Kiss and Aerosmith or whatever. And like, why the fuck are we not playing a fucking Megadeth song? You know what I mean? So I'm going to start writing it into my my contract, my writer. You know? <laughs> and none of these have contracts. These are all just buddy gigs, you know what I mean? But I'm just, you know, it's like, hey, we play. So it'll be fun for me and Chris, obviously, and we'll, we'll jam a vintage song of ours together. So that's that's going to be fun. You know, that'll be cool. And um, But yeah, me and Mark Mengi, we kind of split the bass studies 50-50. Of course, Portnoy's up there the whole night. Same with Skolnick. You know, these guys are freaking warriors. These guys, man, they they just pummel through. And Mengi, and Portnoy loves it because this is his this is his metal gig, as he's called it. You know, he's got kind of his prog gig, his jazz gig. His, you know, he's kind of got these buckets, you know, and this, this one fills the metal bucket for him, you know. So... Um, but yeah, and then there's some other surprises. It's, you know, obviously if I told you, it wouldn't be a surprise. So come to the show and you will see. Talking about Portnoy, I just happened to watch that video he did. Alex Van Halen was honored and inducted into the Drummer Player Magazine Hall of Fame. And there was yeah. Mike and Ray Luzier and, and they were doing uh, Alex Van Halen songs. And yeah, just the uh, enthusiasm was bleeding out of Mike. It must be a thrill playing with him. Mike is just a fan, you know what I mean? I realize that's why he gets all these gigs, because he's just a fan, you know? Twisted Sister, it's like, who lives around here that knows some Twisted Sister? How about Bordray? Sure. He knows all of them, you know what I mean? So that's how he gets these gigs, um, is he's just, obviously, he's a great drummer, but he's he's got it in his heart, you know? He's a musician at heart. He's a music fan at heart, and... Um, I saw it at the Eddie Trunk 40th anniversary thing. You know, he was, after Michael Anthony jammed with Sammy Hagar, Sammy left the stage, Portnoy got up behind the drums, and then they ripped through some, you know, like, DOA, he talking about love, some mm-hmm. vintage one that Michael Anthony sang on his own. And yeah, and you're just watching Mike play, you're like, this is this is him jamming along to his record collection, you know? So it's it's fun, it's fun with Mike. He he knows, he knows, like, every song ever written in any genre. Well, there you go. Now you're talking Van Halen. All right. Well, just like yourself, Dave, Mike, uh, he loves this extracurricular activities, jamming with his buddies, playing different genres. That's what it's all about. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Metal Walt and Dave, they're going to take a walk down heavy metal memory lane in New York City. And Walt's going to share some experiences he had seeing Dave in different venues and different outlets. And then we're going to talk about the rest of Dave's killer weekend at NAM 2024. We'll be right back. Metal Mayhem ROC. Metal 
metal. I'm metalhead. Metal Mayhem ROC is the home for metal from the very beginnings. This is James DeVere from Hellstar. You're listening to Burnomatic. Dave Overkill from the Cleveland band Destructor. Hey, Dave, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's a longtime headliner. Hey, this is Red Beach from Whitesnake. Hey, this is Vinny Apathy from Dio, Black Sabbath, and Last in Line. To music of today. Hi, this is Olaf Wickstrom from Enforcer. Hi, this is Brian from Mastodon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. With John the Vernomatic Burner. Plus, we talk with producers and authors to give you behind-the-scenes info. Hi, this is William Irwin, author of The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. Greg Renoff, the author of the book Van Halen Rising and the uh, Ted Templeman book A Platinum Producer's Life in Music. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. Giving you more to listen for. Join our community and always remember to keep it heavy. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. So, Dave, um, I'm going to take you back in time a little bit, too. I don't have the long history like the Rochester days, but here's one you might have remembered. It was about 12 years ago. Yeah. The band Hail. You guys didn't do a lot of touring around the city, but I think this was like one of the only shows you guys did in the States, and I was at it. And I pulled the old ticket stub out, and, I, and it's funny, looking at the set list, you didn't do Megadeth songs. Yeah. It's Once again. My point, right? It's like, what the hell? It wasn't right? in the contract. we didn't. Of course, we didn't play any dream theater either, but you know that is you know maybe slightly out of genre. But yeah, it's um, it it is funny that we play something by everybody else. You know, it's kind of they all take off kind of up the Ringo Starr All Star Tour, right? I guess he's probably the one who kind of started this. Which, as I understand, David Fishoff, who um, owns and runs Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, I think he was the one who started uh, Ringo's All Star Tour. And the idea is, you know, after you play some Beatles songs. If you get Mark Farner up there, you play some Grand Funk. If you get, uh, you know, Randy Bachman, you play some BTO. You know, you, everybody kind of goes around the horn and plays some of their own songs. So, um, 
Hence my point why I need to enforce my contract in playing a Megadeth song in every jam I do. But uh, you know, yeah, you know, sometimes like well, Bobby's even play P cells or throw something in, you know. Um, and it because you know these these kind of gigs are all just to sort of honor our record collection, right? And show that we're fans of things or we've been a part of them. And the, and it's funny that Hail gig, Ordinary sat in on that. You know, Jimmy Negrasso started it when we launched that. We went down to Chile, sight unseen, right after NAM. We flew down to Santiago, got into a bar down there, and and me and Andreas uh, Ripper and Negrasso, we put together basically kind of a similar set list. That we did five sh- cities across Chile, and you, you don't think how, how, Chile's a long country. You go to the south, and it looks like Seattle. You go to the north, and it looks like you know Phoenix because it's it's basically a, a, a mirror opposite of the northern hemisphere, right? So if Seattle's to the north, if you're in South America, Seattle would be to the south, right? So obviously, when he got to you know going to these different cities, I kind of correlated it to the west coast of of the United States, you know. But it was super fun. Then from there, we did a whole tour, and then we had. Um, uh, Roy from Stone Sour, I call it, I guess Roy from Ministry now. Um, he was uh, on drums. We did a whole Scandinavian tour in a van, just driving around Norway and Sweden and, you know, Denmark. It was super fun. We had Hank Sherman from Merciful Fate jump up and join us at, uh, in Copenhagen at The Rock. And and then we did, we did some fly dates. We went to Istanbul, Turkey. We went to... Um, uh, Athens, Greece. See, Athens and Thessaloniki are kind of two cities down there. Like these are like biblical cities, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. then we did Lebanon. We actually played. Uh, wow. Yeah, Beirut. Yeah. Be- yeah, we played in Beirut, which yeah. was super freaking awesome, you know. So we actually filmed, and that that actually um, we filmed that. We actually have a like a six camera, you know, DVD quality video of that in the can that we should you know put out one day live from Be- from Beirut. <laughs> so wow man you you uh it's busy it's it's exhausting listening to this but yeah yeah no it's it's fun man i i love it i i you know that's why the phone rings i go you know what i mean i i love it it's like you know to me <clears throat> i remember there's one time we were on a pretty grueling tour might have been cryptic writings or something i remember flying into phoenix or something i'm going why are we flying around the world, moving all these big black speaker cabinets around to play with people in every city? It's like, how can we just make them come to us? You know, and and it's funny because the theater where we filmed Rude Awakening in Phoenix, it was called the Web Theater, and a guy, some you know rich guy, had the idea uh, as the dot com thing was happening um, to have a place where you could do these web broadcast shows, right? So you play one night and you know, 10 million people see it. I guess it's, it's now it's this, it's zoom, right? It's, it's you. Right? So, you know, we were the last concert to ever play there. Now I think it's a ASU campus, you know, it's a college campus, but we, it, so the idea, it was probably a great idea, just 10 years too early, you know, so the theater went away. So people have been having this idea for a while, but you know, you know, the thing of it is, is it's it's about the experience, man. It's about the fun and the traveling and and just being face to face with people. And I think COVID, if anything, taught us that. It's like, man, we miss people, you know. And what's that whiskey commercial? They play the Neil Diamond song, "Sweet Caroline," right? And the, oh yeah, the yeah. Tagline, the drunk, drunk of the Irish. Yeah, bar. people yep. are the thing. You know, people are good for you is the tagline. You know, and it, it's yeah. true, man. It's I think after COVID, it's like. We just all want to be in a room rocking out together, you know, and that's so that's that's kind of my job while I'm on the earth is, you know, grab a base, head out the door, 
Go rock some nations. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, another couple of weird facts I'm going to throw at you. I claim to have been over to attended over a thousand metal shows through my life, and that's no exaggeration. Yeah. But only on two occasions was I able to catch two shows in one night, and you were involved in both. And now I think about okay. it. So after after the Hail show in New York City, Paul Deanna was playing in a little dive bar in Clifton, New Jersey, called Dingbats. You guys ended at 10.30, got in the parking lot, drove through the Lincoln Tunnel out there, and by probably 11.30, we were in Dingbats and saw Paul Deano. The other time was on the Painkiller Tour, Judas Priest Painkiller. You played the Meadowlands on a Friday night. You were the middle slot yeah. between Priest and Testament. Friday night, Meadowlands ends, 11 o'clock. We get in the car. We drive to Lamore in Brooklyn, and the show started late, and we saw Rat on the Detonator Tour. So- Wow. You were you were part of my trivia of attending multiple shows in the night twice, and David Ellison was at both of them. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we went into the city. We were rehearsing that Ale show, uh, the one you showed there, and um, we went in to go God live on the air with Eddie Trunk and in the city. And as we were walking into the building, Paul Diano was leaving. It was the only time I've ever met Paul. It was just wonderful. It was so great to meet him. Of course, we're such huge fans. We're nerding out. It's freezing freaking cold. It's like January or something, you know? So, um, yeah, that was, I, I remember, I remember that well. And, you know, I remember one time we did, I can't believe you saw a thousand shows, man. That's, that's awesome. Uh, like you, you played a thousand shows. I've been in the crowd a thousand times. <laughs> same well, thing. Same, same aura, same experience, same love for the music. Appreciate that. Thank you. You know, we did Megadeth in 99 on the risk tour. We did three shows in 24 hours. We played first the Arizona State Fair at 4 p.m. We had to rent a private jet so we could fly then from Phoenix over to San Diego, where we then played a big radio station uh, festival at their amphitheater. And then the next morning, we got up and flew up to Sacramento, where we played a show with, uh, is it uh, SSOJ, KSS, if I've got KSOJ or whatever it is, the radio station up there. Uh, and Sammy Hagar was the headliner. That was the only time I'd actually met Sammy was was there. So, and we did that within two, three shows in twenty four hours. So, we were about we were a little tired, <laughs> but it was good stuff, uh, man. Good stuff. Hey, the phone rings, you go, man. Come on, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, that leads me to my next point. This Nam convention, your coffee, Elfson Coffee Company. You have the display, and then um, the big uh, Nick Menza doc. Your helping roll out the trailer. Did you have the, did you have the Ellison coffee during your three banger? Did you have that to help you get through? Tell us about the weekend with the coffee. My coffee's, I can't afford to drink my own coffee. It's too expensive. So I have cheap stuff at the Exxon station. No, um, you know, the good news about our coffee is that it's, 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 you know, you can smell it everywhere. I guess, you know, it's, it's the, you know, be like if someone fired up a joint, you could smell it everywhere, right? So yeah. the coffee booth is the same thing. You know, you could smell that coffee wafting all over Hall D, you know, as they call it there on the main floor. Um, and yeah, I, I'm I'm powered uh, very regularly with uh, a lot of roast in peace, and and um, you know, so it's it's good to have it's good to have your own coffee close by. You I know? was gonna say, which what great branding, roast in peace. <laughs> I read that and I chuckled out loud. And then there's a couple other ones. Something, uh, what are the other names of your blends? Well, Rock and Rose is the one that we did. And that was, you know, um, you know, so that that's kind of, that's our light roast. Um, so we, you know, 
kind of made it lady friendly. We were actually donating some money for a while to a, a breast cancer charity down in Houston for a while. Um, when we when we first launched that, and then yeah, Napalm in the morning it was that was kind of to celebrate comic records. Yeah, yeah. So that's our dark. So we you know we got the light, medium, dark, and um, you know, roasted beast is 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 the flagship, of course, because it's. But they've all got great flavoring. I mean, I personally selected them and put the blends together with the roaster over in Phoenix. So, well, to, um, uh, to counter my uh, co-host over here, I haven't counted my concerts, but as a child of the '80s, I had a chance to follow your career from that uh, Penny Arcade show all the way through until I think the last time last time I was going to see you, uh, Kings of Thrash had to cancel the Buffalo, New York show. So, oh yeah, um, but with yeah that fire, yeah, but yeah. within that, we had I had a chance to see Nick Menza several times in that classic lineup. Tell us about the new documentary, your involvement, and what a great, great period of your career. And we have a big loss sure. with Nick. Tell us about it. For sure, yeah. I mean the 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 mighty hero that he uh was and will always be certainly left us too soon um but yeah the the documentary has been really it's been a, a fun thing to do to just you know meet so many people and kind you know our stories all kind of match up with nick that's the beauty of him is like and usually they're like and then you wouldn't believe nick did this dot 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 and then you wouldn't believe you know there's the time we walked into the pizza hut and nick you know that's always some funny story around nick because he was he was a real prankster and a jokester <laughs> aside from being the you know, awesome drummer that he was and the creative, uh, creative heart that he had. Um, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a whole story of his life, you know, obviously before Megadeth, you know, during Megadeth. Um, but it's also his, his transition out of the band and, you know, his years there. And then, you know, he finished strong and, um, you know, even though he passed while on stage, you know, as a musician, and especially Nick, who just loved being on stage and loved playing his drums. I mean, it's like the ultimate way to go, you know, it's like, it's almost like if he died in his garden, it would have been unfortunate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the fact that he, that he got to go out in all the glory on stage, and especially with Chris Poland, you know, who's obviously another, you know, Megadeth alumni and and uh, a dear friend. So yeah, the, the premiere is going to be, will be cool. You know, uh, Chris will be there. Uh, Jeff Young will be at the booth as well. Nick's sister, Danya, will be there. And I believe maybe even Nick's son, uh, Nicholas, might be there as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, the fun thing about NAMM is, you know, you kind of set the schedule and you get it in place. And then as these days starting like now or up until NAMM, 20 new things can fall <laughs> into place. <laughs> so that's that's the beauty of this. What the, when they actually will the documentary, is there a release date for the public for this? You know, yet? we are solidifying that now. Um, I should hopefully have some information about that by Saturday once we do the premiere. And this is, again, uh, Dave, this is all part of your, let's say, business empire because it's under your your film company. And I see you other, you have some other stuff coming out, a film called Bunker Heights, which contains one of your bandmates from the Lucid, one of your side projects. How do you get involved in all this stuff? I mean, coffee, bass, amplifiers, the film, you know? <laughs> you know, excuse me. You know, it's funny. The truth of it is people call me, they email me, hey, do you want to be involved? Like the Menza thing is like, hey, do you want to narrate the film? Next thing you know, I'm, you know, kind of driving the bus on it. You know what I mean? To get it out, you know? Um, you want to do some coffee? Or, you know, I talked about coffee. I was on Shiprock and a, a production assistant that worked for Megadeth. She says, oh my God, I got to introduce you to this guy. He's got a coffee company. Next thing you know, after a, you know, 
15 minute phone conversation driving up the freeway we've spun a whole coffee company in our heads and we make it a reality you know so that's you know this that's how all this stuff happens it it's not like I'm sitting around like some mastermind I mean you know it, it's it's a lot of it is kind of dumb luck you know what I mean you just you know that's always that model that I had to say yes which Al Petrelli taught me and that's why I love that Jim Carrey yes man movie you know just say yes to life you know because here's the thing you know I have this new saying this year you know you know, it's better to be led by our passions than driven by our fears, you know, because when we're driven, you know, lots of times we're trying to be driving away from something, maybe a hurtful place in our lives, maybe some is an, an emotional moment that we don't want to feel again. And so it, it that can have its its value. But, you know, I think about, you know, when I was just a kid, get a bass in my hand, listen to my Kiss records and whatever else, you know, it was like, it was all for passion, man. It was fun. It was just kind of like, that's what I want to do, you know? And I never thought about doing anything else. Never had a plan B. There's no need for a plan B because plan A was the purpose, you know? That's the reason. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's there's one of these motivational speakers. I can't remember his name, John, somebody. And he, you know, his whole thing is to stop focusing on your weaknesses and pay only attention to the things you're good at. You know, like, you know, if, if, if you're... It's like me. I wasn't a great saxophone player. It's a pretty good bass player. You know what I mean? Play the bass. That's your path forward. You know, even my band teacher told me that. He goes, listen, you got to play the saxophone in orchestra band so I can have you in, in jazz band. I really need you playing bass in jazz band. I like really need you. So just at least get a passing grade, practice just enough on the sax so I can give you a passing grade. You know, that was my first sort of political negotiation in the music business. You know, <laughs> it is like... You know, play the sax good enough so I can have you in jazz band, you know. So, you know, I realized early on that it's, you know, give a little, take a little. Everything's kind of a, you know, a compromise. And and that's that's just how life works. So, you know, there's kind of the long answer to the short question. You know, Dave, we... Um... In, in, I work in the corporate world, and they tell me um, I need to stay up to speed with my technology skills. I'm, I'm a little behind. Right. So what did we do? We started a podcast to make sure that I can hold my skills in technology, oh, right? yeah. And we just get lucky by talking to rock stars along yeah, the way. Yeah, right. This is what you'd rather do. You need to do that once in a while to pay some bills, but you'd rather be over here <laughs> talking about a thousand awesome concerts you went to go see. Yeah, I get damn straight, I do. It just doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> Big fan of your two audio books. I, I have them both in my audible. I've listened to them several times. And the cool thing is you narrated them. And right. is there going to be a third chapter, maybe life after death to coincide yeah. with in my life with death and more life with death? That's what I always said. I've got a trilogy, my life with death, more life with death, and then my life after death. So that is that is the next book. I just got to live a little before I can write that one, you know, so... But you know, it's funny when when Megadeth disbanded in two thousand two, I you know just when kind of the whole world was wide open. What do I do next? So I just explored a lot of different things. There's a really great voiceover uh, recording artist in Phoenix, so I went and took some lessons from him. I put together a reel and um, kind of found my sweet spot of you know where I'm good narrating things and kind of documentaries are, are my sweet spot. So it's funny. Like our fallen brother, Bob Nelbandian, asked me yep. to narrate uh, a film or two for him. I did one for my friend, Fran Strine. It was about uh, PTSD with uh, veterans. Um, and Fran, of course, also did the Hired Gun movie. So, and then I started narrating my own books. I did uh, Making Music Your Business. I did uh, My Life with Death, More Life with Death. More Life with Death was fun because I got. I think most everybody who was in the book, like Dan Donegan from Disturbed, K.K. Downing, a bunch of people who actually gave quotes in the book, 
I hit them up if they would narrate their pieces. So when it came to, and then KK Downing says, you know, then it, then it goes to him, you know, in the audiobook. So I, that was super fun, man, producing that thing. I just listened to the new Getty Lee book and he did that. He did the narrating, yeah. but he had Alex Lifeson come in and do his commentary, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but going over to the voiceover work, did you ever talk with John Bush about his career in oh, voiceover sure. work? Oh, God. I mean, you know, John started a family. I We couldn't get him out of the house. He wouldn't leave. You'd be like, you know, I'm just making too much money. I'm comfortable at home doing you know, voiceovers and Burger King commercials or whatever he, he, he was, was doing. The, he was the king. Yeah. He, and I'm like, why not? You know what I mean? And, and so, you know, that was and good for him. You know, that allowed him to be home and raise his family and all that. And now, you know, in recent years, he's been coming out. And I love having him on stage with Metal Legions. I mean, he's just yeah. such a pro. He's a great guy. When he sings, man, the freaking room changes, man. It goes to the next level. So it's it's really, yeah. it's fun with him. So, um, yeah, you know, so, you know, look, the voice is an instrument too. So there's a lot we can do with it. So, hey, speaking of which, I got to get on another interview. I realize I've got another one sitting here that I should probably go pay attention to. Okay, well, then uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, Dave, yep. thank you. Walt, quick parting shot. Dave, it was a pleasure. Good catching up with you in 30 minutes. We cover 40 years. We'll yes. see you again down the line. And best of luck. What a great week. We'll be watching you from the sidelines. Sounds great, you guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right. See you okay. again. See you, Dave. Bye. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.